0: The Hard Yards, brought to you by Ladbrokes, passionate about sport.
1: With fantastic support, half of Ireland were here. The rest of them are hopefully smiling <laughs> at home. We
0: had a bet earlier in the year, 20 euros, that if we won it, I wouldn't cry, but
2: it's uh, the best 20 Euro quid I'll ever spend. He's Eastland. well he picks it up quickly and off he goes, drops it off to Hingshaw! Robbie Hingshaw scores it! Rugby history! Ireland beat the
3: All Blacks for the first time! Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Hard Yards, the sports show rugby podcast. I'm Andy McGeady. I was not at Lansdowne Road yesterday. I was out west. I was watching the game in a nice pub in Roundstone with a roaring fire. Um, It is entirely appropriate that I have two former Connacht men in the studio in Johnny O'Connor and Leinster's Mike McCarthy. Hello, gents.
0: Hi, Andy. correct? Hi, thanks for having me.
3: You two are professionals. We've we've worked together before. (laughs) Yeah. And we've Pat McCarry here as well. Hello, Pat. Hey, how's it going? How are you? And Dunnico Callaghan on the line. Um, From Worcester today, Dunnico. Is that right?
4: No, I'm in Cork. I'm in Cork. I'm hiding up in my... my room for my kids. So.
3: <laughs> you have your own airline shuttling you back and forward at this date
4: <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. I don't. But it's uh, yeah, it's good to get home. Cork. Yeah, you know, day in Cork, it's like uh, therapy. You know, just breathing in the air, get the tropical climate. You're ready to go.
3: Yeah, that's it. Well, you missed out on the sugar rush. There was a lot of sweets flying around, and it's had an amazing <laughs> effect. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Those two don't need sweets.
3: There's a lot of sugar. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: Where'd you watch the match yesterday, Johnny? I watched it at home. Yeah. So I, 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 t- I took my own kids out for
5: the day, and then I took someone else's kids as with me. So I, f- I minded four children by myself for the day. I don't believe I got enough credit for that. And then Johnny uh, did you
4: ask the
5: people. Could you take those kids? I did
0: this time, <laughs> It was fine. It was absolutely okay.
3: It's good. So where did you watch it, Mike?
0: I just watched it at home with the uh, with the family. So nice and comfortable on the sofa. Say something nice about the kind of days with Johnny. Um. I oh, know. Obviously, I knew Johnny. I knew of the the legend of Johnny O'Connor, Johnny O'Concrete, um, before we joined up at uh, Connet. My um, left wasps the year Johnny joined, um, and then we met up at Connet in 2007. Uh, I was a bit scared of him to be, to be honest. At first, I'd heard of the reputation. Um, you know. I, i tried to give him hugs in the morning that didn't really work and i often saw himself in the corner of the gym talking to himself um (laughs) but uh yeah i'd say the the first the first year together was a bit rocky and uh didn't really get on that well but uh then we had i think we had a fight in training johnny kicked me in the private parts and ever since then we got on really well and i'd go as far now to say he's he's in my top 10 best friends ever
5: (laughs) Yeah, well, obviously, uh, I heard a lot about Mike's reputation before I met him. You know, uh, another man that's known to speak to himself quite often in the middle of team meetings, irking certain noises in the background when someone goes, nah! this could be the middle of an analysis session, and it's quite accepted over time. But uh, I think myself and Mike got on quite well. We had a few little uh, scraps of training, and then we found a we, had a we had a little code word to break up a fight, which was penguin at the time. So if we we're about to kick off, he'd say penguin smiling, and then there'd be no punches thrown or anything like that, you know. Oh, but uh,
0: that's really cute. Yeah, it was yeah. good. So yeah. Yeah, we had something in common then after we yeah. had the fight in training, so
5: yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Dunica, when you uh, when you think to these gentlemen, are they, you know, upstanding citizens or are they people who shouldn't be let near real humans? Oh no,
4: they're exactly the type of fellows you want to have around your squad. When you're training them, when you're on, they're full on and they... Excel, like uh, just Johnny when he came to everything in the gym he was always cutting in or sorry, cutting edge, he was ahead of the game he kind of came from that vintage and wasps where they were just they were just ahead of everyone when it came to conditioning and I think he brought that back and um, I remember him coming into Irish camp and just being so far ahead of guys and and, and same with Mike with conditioning and fitness I remember fitness sessions in UL where he'd leave guys behind but then when you uh, step off the pitch they're the guys you want to have a bit of fun with and have a bit of crack and I'll be honest I'm lucky to have toured with them and enjoy good days and um, I suppose they're the kind of guys you want to be hanging around with That's, you know, in rugby sometimes there's a few nerds around the place but you want a few guys that are a bit of crack and <laughs> the two
3: guy there. Rossy he's not here to defend himself <laughs> yeah. and he and doesn't need to he wouldn't be able <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
3: the Game yesterday, it, it was a funny start to the game. 15 minutes in, it looked as if Ireland could be in a bit of trouble. But, uh, Johnny, you were quite confident talking to earlier on. You were saying, Look, any sort of a lead, Ireland could, could haul back against this French team.
5: Yeah, no, I may have been a bit more, I may have, I may have spread that lead out a bit more than I would have, would have liked now when we're actually speaking about it. But, like I also, I always felt the French were going to come out and they were, they were going to throw everything at us and they were going to be dynamic and powerful. But, like, the fact is, me is they were going to run out of gas and we knew that was going to happen at some stage. So, it's how much you could keep that scoreline out and look there was opportunities for France to open up a big lead but we always believed like that once we get them to the latter parts of the game that we'd, we'd be able to find a way to build points on them and uh, it kind of played itself out in the end yeah the game was close and to win by 10 points is significant but look I just look, everyone's already spoke about the French side they're not conditioned it's kind of their Achilles heel you know in terms of mentality it's, it's different over there and it's very very hard to change from anybody that's spoken over that's coaching over there at the moment that it's not a necessity that you come in and you want them to be like Englishmen or Irishmen or how they approach the game it's just uh, it's just different and no one's really really kind of cracked it yet and uh, I think at the moment, they're not going to progress because all oh, there's, there's parity now, you know. They used to have parity, there's parity now between all sides, but the Irish side are so much better conditioned that you know you're going to last them and you're going to have a chance to create opportunities and if they can execute them, they'll win
3: the game. And I just felt that, yeah, that was just going to happen and it did. So I was right. Johnny, Johnny was right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to counter this or did you feel the time when you were watching the game that you know Ireland were still going to come out on top no matter how well the French start?
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was a great performance by Ireland. They they played the conditions really well. Um, obviously, being at home, they would have liked to have started better. Um, and then after that Scotland game, I'm sure that was spoken about, you know, starting the game in a big way at home, getting the fans behind them. Um, but the first 20 minutes was all France, I think, and they, they caused Ireland a bit of problems at the breakdown. But for, for the 60 minutes remaining, I think it was, it was all Ireland. And um, they played as I said played the conditions really well Um, I thought at the start of the day when I saw the rain I thought that would actually favour the French side you know being the bigger heavier side um, because I imagine the game plan for Ireland would have been to you know run them around as much as possible as Johnny mentioned that they're not as fit as Ireland would be and um, you know you'd think that after 50, 60 minutes, uh, France would start, you know, giving giving penalties away and not being able to deal with the pace that Ireland were playing at. So I actually feel if the weather was good, Ireland would have won by more points. But uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get onto it later. But the way uh, Sexton saw saw the space and kicked. Uh, put good kicks in and Conor Murray with his box kicking just kept putting the pressure on on uh, France kept turning them the big big men having to go back for a line out was uh, really really tired them out and um, that was on top of a uh, um, the foundation was laid by the forwards in terms of the scrum and maul and, and line out Donoghue when you're looking at a game like that I mean I suppose
3: You're trying to move a large um, French pack. We talked about the very large Frenchman last week. Um, But when you're in the middle of a game like that and you see a French side come out and look as if they are really up for this, I mean, they were cross-kicking in the first 10 minutes. They almost got that try. Um, What do you do when you're standing there? Do you just trust yourself? Uh, What would you have seen there?
4: Yeah, you'd be nervous, of course. Like, I'll be honest with you, you're right. It was an unbelievably physical game. Like, it was one of the ones you felt like having a nice battle at half time just watching it. It was crazy stuff. They were flinging into each other. I thought, I'll be honest, I was nervous watching it. Like, I watched it back and I knew the results. Our our game finished, so I watched the last 20 minutes and knew the result and then caught up with the last 60 there this morning. But I thought at times... I know what we're trying to do and we're trying to put them through the gears and like the lad said there turn it into an area conditioning um, kind of where they would fall off at the end but there was times I thought we should have been kicking our points and maybe three, six, nine have the scoreboard taken over and maybe hope they chase the game a little bit but Instead, you know, we took that scrum that time. I think that was a big call out of Rory. And and thankfully, Connor scored after an unbelievable hit up by um, Robbie. And so, like, we did get reward from it. And... looking back at it I think it it did suit us I think we did fatigue them but uh, for me it was just really risky you know I I think I like just for myself I like to have the scoreboard taken over I like to kind of get away from them and and have them chasing the game but sorry I've totally ignored your question the physicality was incredible by France they honestly they they looked um, they looked like men possessed it felt like for the first 10 minutes they didn't want to have the ball. They just wanted to D up, and they just wanted to take the heads off guys as they ran at them. And uh, I'll be honest, that's what's been missing in French rugby. A little bit of, you know, maybe in attack. We want to see that, you know, passionate play. But in defence, that was great to see that they were just. Uh, they looked like they were. They they were put out, and they were coming over to make a statement. So it was uh, It was physical, and I'd say Lads will need a fair bit of recovery after it because that was a bruiser.
3: Yeah, and it it was a very, very strong start. It took half an hour for Ireland to score and they they were turning down kickable opportunities. There seemed to be a game plan to to back themselves in that corner. And that's where the Murray try came from. Um, It it can get a little bit boring saying how good Conor Murray is, but he is very good. But Mike, from your perspective, what did you see um, in in, in that try?
0: Yeah, the... <clears throat> the thing that was great was that we didn't get the start we wanted, and probably Ireland would have spoken about the, how big the start, how important the start is. But you know the lads didn't panic, and um, you know mentally they're, they're on the money, so they they fully believe they could come back into it. And uh, it started from a scrum in the right hand corner, a dominant scrum from the pack, um, Robbie Henshaw hitting it up and getting a good gain line, and then. Something you might not be able to see on the TV, or if you look closely, it's uh, you know Jamie, Jamie Heaslip and Sean O'Brien. Um, what they do is they clean the rook deep. So what that means is Robbie Henshaw carries the ball, uh, the French player goes in for the poach and or to try and take the ball, but um, Jamie clears. Clears him really deep past the ball and puts him onto the floor. Something that uh, Donica would be very good at, having played for Munster for years, and that's something they do very well. And, um, you know, that creates a a little gap and a bit of separation uh, with the defenders who are trying to get. To, to be beside the rock, and you know he does it so well it's, uh, it's similar to the way they scored against the All Blacks in Chicago when CJ Stander was getting up from a Rook and he actually blocked Franks getting, in, getting into that position and again that's where Connor Murray made his snipe so it was a very clever play from uh, Jamie and Shawnee creating the space for him Johnny um, Connemore is good. He's a anno- he's an anno- annoyingly big scrum half, isn't he? he Is
5: yeah. He's very hard to kind of uh, deal with when you're playing against him because you can't overcommit him because he's probably a guy that could possibly fend you off or would deal with you physically well and get the ball away and pop it off. Uh, like for me, when I'd mark up and I'd always mark up in terms of how I can get out, I get out of scrum half and how I'd line them up and how like where they like to pick the ball up and just like when I'm doing my own video analysis when I, when I did play. When you come up against some of that kind of size, it's just making that commitment to that guy is, is a lot more difficult with his size and then his, his comfort, he's so comfortable around the rucks in terms of when he picks it up he seems to take his time because he knows that he can. He has that physicality to deal with if anything comes away and he's he's tread at the breakdown you know is where maybe scrum half is slightly slider. if you get a hold of him it's kind of game over to be honest you know you, you kind of get a turnover put a bit of pressure on him mm-hmm. and uh, I think just the way he thinks his way around the game he has that variation his kicking his kind of passing and comfort around that breakdown area he makes him a difficult guy to
3: play against Donegal is, um, is Conor Murray the best nine in the world right now?
4: Yeah 100% you don't even have to think about it he's um, he's a country mile ahead as well too I know it's, it's wrong to compare but all we can compare really is you know Northern Hemisphere the only one playing at the moment but he's your I think maybe himself and the Toji are the only ones that you could definitely say are going to start for the Lions. I think they've just... They've put in massive performances and I know everyone's chatting about skips, uh, you know, captains for the Lions, but... Um, I, I think they're going to find it really difficult when you struggle to pick the rest of the team. When there's, you know, I I, I would think there's no one else, as as um, so far ahead as probably the two of them in their position. And I think he's just, um, for me, you know, just being around him, seeing how he wants to learn, wants to improve, get better, but also. You know, when he came in at an early age, he was mad keen to kind of do extras and get on top of things. And we hear that about an awful lot of players. But he, this guy's naturally talented, you know. And um, Tony McGann, who was a coach at the time, who was really tough on guys, always looking for maybe the, the the chink in the armor or their weakness. You know, he. I remember how well he spoke at Connor, and it would nearly shock you because. To be fair, I don't really remember him speaking well to anyone, but at a young age, he was saying that Connor's the real deal, and he was willing to give him his head and push him on. And uh, I think um, I think he he can even get better, which is a scary thing to say. But I think he's a he's a vital player for Ireland. He's going to be massive for the Lions. It's just probably managing him now is a massive massive factor for the for the you know both um, Ireland, the Lions, and, and especially Munster coming into Europe
3: so on, um, I suppose on what turned into a fairly greasy day uh, one of Murray's strengths is being able to organise what the team's doing and to put boot to ball at times when it makes sense not just box kicks but Mike also the kicks that just gain territory and start moving people back up the pitch where you want to be
0: yeah he's uh, no one comes close to him in terms of the box kicking he's um, haven't played against him when he's when I've been playing with Leinster O'Connor and he's been playing with Munster it's for a forward a from front five forward you know you're blowing, blowing out your backside and it's hugely frustrating you, you know you're trying to get field position and you're trying to get up the field you're trying to get a, a maul going and um, then Conor Murray just relieves pressure and puts the pressure back on you kicks, kicks the ball downfield and before you know it you're back in your own half trying to get out of your half and he just does it so well and then on the flip side of that one I've played with him the few times I have with Ireland it's it just gives you a real energy boost, you know. You're you back, you're back in your half. You you have a you have a line out, you drive, it, and then he, he clears your lines, absolutely perfect kick, and you get a good kick chase, and um, it's just hugely uplifting for the whole team to see, you know, that that field position, and uh, g- gives everyone a massive boost energy wise. Pat, you're um you're covering the game yesterday. you were at
3: the stadium. Um, what what did the weather turn into in the special half? Because it, it didn't really come across on TV that it had got a bit wet
1: yeah the, um, it had kind of cleared up um, in the afternoon but it was always coming that like you'd get 10 minutes of just this horrible torrential weather and then it would clear again um, but it was pretty clear for the first half and, and that's probably why Ireland kind of wanted to put the foot on, on the gas and as Dunica spoke there last week you know, ignite the game and keep it going as much as they could and um, that's why you kind of seen Sexton kind of quick tapping and, and getting the scrums and keeping it going as much as they could but they just seemed to notice in the second half you could just see the drizzle coming in um, this might sound like it's a a first world problem, but it was coming in to where we we were, even we were typing on the laptops and stuff like that. So it was uh, it was making it very slick. You could even see the amount of kind of knock ons as well, and and there was a lot of mistakes being made. So Sexton and Murray then had the idea, right? Forget about this. We're just here, we're going to win the game now. Like we're not going to let's just kind of get ahead on the scoreboard Pinned them back, put the balls into the corners, and you just seen some of the kicks that uh, Sexton was just having fun out there, and then and one of Murray's grubbers, I remember, into the right hand corner, and just even took a weird fortuitous right angle bounce right out just before the line so um, th- they knew what they were doing they were actually showing that they could attack and then they could actually just win a game sit back in the pocket and, and kind of and control it from there so it was good to see both sides
3: of those games from them as well. It was it did in the second half it did turn into a just an old-fashioned Six Nations mm. game we are going to win this we're going to keep the foot on your throat. Uh, Dunica um, you taught him how to do that grubber kick didn't you?
4: No, no, I didn't. I don't want to get over carried away with Connor. He, he like he deserves all the mention he's getting, and but I, I think yeah, we have got to mention Tyg Furlong as well. I thought he was amazing yesterday. Just for looking after set pieces, one thing, and he scrambled well and lined out to mauls. But he, around the pitch, he was incredible. And I think you know Connor deserved man of the match. But you know the lads will tell you there. There's a guy in the dressing room all was that does kind of maybe a bit of great, bit of donkey work that all the lads are looking over at it and they know you know that he's put in a special like, big shift and he's a special player and, and Furlong's been incredible this year I just I was actually amazed with his work rate on 73 minutes when they took him off he looked like he could keep going and you know we just haven't you know he's just um he's really made that spot his own and I, I think you know what you want is guys coming in and throwing it down a bit, you know, so that the next tight head comes in, there's more required out of them, and he really has um, you know, taken that position and, uh, and brought it really on I'd be interested what Mike thinks, he trains with him all the time, and you know, knows him really well, I, do, I don't know him all that well but he, he just seems phenomenal
0: Sorry Donica, could I just say that um, in our game, <clears throat> last week against uh, Dragons, um, Rossi made a 40 metre break and the game wasn't on TV, so I think he's still tra- chasing Tyge anyway.
4: Yeah, was there a burger bar behind him?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is this is scandalous, Mister. It was it was barbecued brisket bun that yeah. would be fine, but yeah. I he wouldn't eat common burgers now, don't he, Delica, you were you were talking about uh,
1: Tyge there in the lines. Do you reckon he's a guy who's kind of in, in contention for that uh, tight head spot?
4: Yeah, absolutely. After after his performances, I think there's guys really throwing it down. You look at spree, you know, everyone. Everyone probably is looking at, you know, the, um, maybe Johnny Gray and, um, you know, Cruz if he comes back. But Launtry's come in two games, man of the match. The, you know, um, Tyg's the exact same. I think he's been incredible. He really just, his performances, um, I don't think there's been enough hype about him because, um, you know, it's it's not a glamorous position. But... For him to do what he does, just piecewise, but if you look how many ball carries he had yesterday, how many rocks he hit, like uh, what Mike was saying there, clearing beyond the ball, he does everything spot on. He's just, uh, for me, I think he's an incredible player. Like, he is worth his weight, you know, in in, in terms of um, when you really need, you know, a bit of X factor out of certain players, I think he's incredible.
3: If we want to get picky... um Johnny Do does does Ireland score enough tries when they actually get into the 22?
5: <laughs> it depends on the game doesn't it? I think yeah. uh, everyone's kind of had their complaints yesterday about the about not getting and um, not not executing in that kind of zone but uh as we already spoke about the conditions didn't let that happen and people have spoken well, it's very hard to distribute the ball and get those kind of plays out the back when you get in there they've extra men in the backfield that were in the backfield they're up on the line so you've got more numbers to attack against and uh, particularly the french guys they 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 fill the field well and they defended reasonably well yesterday but Yeah, you'd want to get more change I think if they did actually I know they kicked to the corner there's a reason for that and Mike had spoken about it earlier that basically maybe they wanted to physically tire them out but if you start building the score and the French start chasing the game then that would create more opportunity again and maybe you'll get those scores but uh, that's what they went in with on the day they said we're going to kick to the corner we're going to try and get points in there and uh, look
3: Um, Pat that was something that I think you were talking um, after the game about
1: yeah, it, it was the kind of thing about um, chances missed as well and, and Ringrose was probably one of the only guys that kind of really threatened to kind of score as well And but it looked like France had kind of they, they knew where a lot of Sean O'Brien's moves were going to come from where he was going to get the ball and they had his card marked as well and um, there was one off the back of a line out popped it to O'Brien and they just saw it coming and they just nailed him as well so it was it was strange to see him not get into the game and, and we talked about it before with CJ Stander normally having 10 or 20 you know, carries in in that first half and sometimes I looked at it halfway through. And I think he had only five. Now that's good for most people, but for Standard it's weird and and to see him flipped on his head at one stage where Lamarat was. It was just, it was this kind of strange. This is going to be a tough day. So, um. But yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of kind of chances missed. Um. Uh, but like and it was kind of I, I think it, they were just using them all then to kind of get their kind of foot there get, get themselves into the game as well but um, they'll be kind of disappointed with that and even even at the end like th- I know the game was over and I know France couldn't get back into it but the fact that Marmion kicked that ball out at the end when you know they, they had the game won they were 10 points up and Henderson spoke about that at the end to us and he said yeah. that um, they, they would have preferred not to give France a losing bonus points rather than go for it themselves mm-hmm. but it, it was a shame I was kind of thinking would Conor Murray do the same thing in a
3: situation but Definitely, some chances that they kind of gave up. go, what do you think when that happens? Are you out in your feet, or are you going, "Yeah, come on, let's let's give this one a rattle"?
4: Yeah, no, I agree with Pat there. Like, it's tough when you're in the twenty-two. It's very tough, and look. That Irish back row has a has a bullseye on it now, and Johnny will tell you more about that. But they've been carving it up for the last few weeks, you know, in in the Six Nations and even before that, you know, they're all quality players, um, you know, with their clubs and when they play international level. So they're they're a scalp. They're guys that you would identify early in the week that you'd want to get into, and and you felt France were like that. Any time any of our back row got near the ball, the the heat came on from the defence, and everyone was looking to you know to. To, to get some contact with them, but I uh, I agree. Probably in the twenty two, you know, you'd like to retain the ball a bit more. I think the only one I, I'd agree with Pat there. I was disappointed to see us, you know, um, boot that ball out. I think we're in a good position. I hundred percent understand, you know, oh, they could go the length of the pitch and score. But I agree. I think I would like to see us keep playing there, and if if we're pushing them early in the game to make it a fitness contest on the 81 you know on 81 minutes that where it, that's where it really tells and i know there's an awful lot of subs on but our subs brought great impact and i think um they'd be disappointed with not the opportunity to go there but that's i'll be honest we're nitpicking there
3: right Donica we'll leave you go say yeah, goodbye to Donica lads
4: what? I'd be uh, I'd be interested to hear Johnny's take on the English um, Italy game with the the offside.
3: <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah, it was interesting. we were just commenting about it there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll come
3: back to it. You, you, you can
5: listen back on the podcast. He's
0: had me on the floor Johnny. acting it out.
5: <laughs> <laughs> right, Donica, you point know, point, I point, know point, you know, I knew never knew the rules. anyways it's fine. Yeah, thanks,
0: Donica. <laughs> um, yeah. You, Donica.
3: So that's that's Ireland with a good job done. Well, it's nice when you can say that's a good routine win over France. Uh, Next up we'll move to Scotland breaking the Welsh hoodoo And England's eventual defeat of Italy
0: The Hard Yards on Sports Joe Backed by Ladbrokes
3: We're back and and Scotland beating Wales That was a lovely start to the weekend Um, Do you reckon the Welsh bus was late? Johnny (laughs) I don't know, but they were late, yeah. Uh, like, like in in terms of
5: uh, Wales and how they play, and we've got, everyone kind of spoken about it before. Like, they've got the same style of play for so many years now. You know, they're going to bring a bit in defence and line speed. But uh, look, it was a good result by Scotland. The way they're playing and where their back line are playing at the moment—it's absolutely fantastic. You know, they're great to watch, and I think there'd be maybe more lads from Scotland on that pl- that plane for the line than people may think.
3: Yeah, I mean, if, if they didn't actually have to scrum. Uh, this rugby would be in a very good place in Scotland they're, they're brilliant to watch mr Stewart Hogg work works setting up well firstly tries but even the bits that weren't that attacked down the right-hand hand side yeah. that was brilliant the grubber true. i mean he's electric yeah Hogg is um,
1: he's uh, yeah I think Dunica spoke there about players that are nailed on for the lines I'd say Hogg has got the 15 jersey he's probably wearing it to bed already like Gatlin's probably (laughs) sent it to him in the post like he's he had an amazing game just the the soft hands for that fister try and then uh, just the way he it's like he's playing at a different speed to everybody else he's like supercharged and and then to be able to stop and grubber through as well and uh, it sat up nice. He was almost like Bo how it sat up from against Wales the Millennium Stadium back in the the Grand Slam year Um, and then he just brings so much else like he's just such a threat, and um, yeah, he, he had an amazing game. And then with the injuries that the, the Scots are having, like with Strauss and Laidlaw out, like you, you just kind of think whether they are going to falter? But Barkley came in, did a good job, and Visser scoring a try as well.
0: It's all working out well for them so far. I think far. they're missing a few front rowers as well, aren't they? Yeah, where, yeah, wherever they can find those lads from. But, uh, yeah, you could, I think Wales could. You know, they'll be very, very upset. You know, they, they had two tries which were disallowed. Um, so you know, they're they're in control of the game the first half, and you know, those two tries would would obviously. Make a big difference. So that you know they're going to be wounded now. Um, that's two games they should have really won. England and they probably yeah. think they should have been yeah. Scotland if, if those two two tries had been allowed. So uh, you know it's a, it's a wounded animal. It's it's, it's a da- it's dangerous and um, tough place to play at the Millennium Stadium. It's a bit of a cauldron and uh, it's, it's going to be a, a very tough game because Wales are. Playing for pride now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it, it is kind of not going to be easy at all. Like I know, like um, there's talk about Ireland maybe possibly being favourites for this game, but to go and and play in, in the Millennium Stadium or the Principality, which is it's now getting called um, on a Friday night, and they'll probably close the roof as well. It's going to be really, really tough. Um, and but it won't be fancy, as we spoke about. We know what they're going to do. They're just going to bring it, bring, bring the fight to Ireland. And um, we've fallen down there before in the past, and it's it's not an easy place to
3: go at all. Johnny, like um, Rob Kearney, is he's looking a bit delicate. At the moment, injury wise, another little knock. Um I know the easy thing would be to bring in uh Trimble You move Simon Zebo to fullback. back. Is there a connect-based alternative? Possibly.
0: Of
5: course there's many. <laughs> uh yeah, if you look at if you look at the way Turner Holleran's been playing, just, just recently, it just looks like he's kind of got a real spark back in his step, and he played well in his opportunities during the November International. But if you look, if you keep C-Bor, he is and bring uh Turning into the back th- the back the back three. You've got two guys that can create something out of nothing. They've got a great turn of pace, they've got great steps on them. You know, if you bring Trimble in, yes, he'll do a good job and he'll do his job well and hit his lines well, but I think you're adding a bit more a bit more to your attack by bringing someone like Tiernan in. And uh, certainly just the way he's playing and the way he's acquitted himself and he has been involved, that he, he should be an option at the moment. I think he's probably the form full half
3: full back in Ireland. Mike, defend your teammate.
0: Yeah, no. T- I, I've obviously worked with Tiernan O'Connor. He's a, he's a class player. Um, unbelievable footwork. Great under the high ball. Uh, good defensively. Um, but then you have got like the likes of Craig Gilroy who came on against Italy and scored three tries and added a real spark to the game um, Tommy Bowe, Joe's talked about he needs more game time so I think he's gone away with Ulster and got more game time so he, he's an option um, so yeah and then Jared Payne's back back, back in the mix uh, playing games so you know there's a lot of guys available and putting their hands up for, for selection in the back line Are Wales actually good at rugby right now?
5: You, know, th- you don't give them any ammunition do you
3: <laughs> well, th- well that's it because in theory this is a good result of Ireland because it knocks Wales out but does this actually lead Wales to change what they're doing in an effort to freshen things
0: well, up I think th- they are a good side and they'll, belie- they, they'll believe in what they're doing and you know they have played the, the same kind of game for, for for a number of years and you know in attack Johnny's alluded to it there it's, it's keep going the same way around the corner around the corner um, defensively Sean Edwards who Johnny and I work with at Wasps it's all about line speed getting off the line real hard and not giving the attacking team any time on the ball so um, you know Ireland will know what's coming um, but then when you factor in as I said it's going to be at the Millennium Stadium uh, big Welsh crowd um, so it's, it's going to be a hugely hugely tough game I don't know
3: if this is I don't know I, I have many different thoughts about this one uh, I I think that are Ireland, could Ireland be guilty of, of naturally looking ahead to the English match? I know Devon Toner was speaking after the game where he, I think, passed, uh, correct me mm. wrong, said quarter final, semi final, final. Yeah, they won, they won their quarter final, um, semi final against Wales next and
1: final against England. So um, Ian Henderson said the exact opposite, but Devon Toner was probably made it a little bit more honest about it. And and maybe that's what they needed to refocus themselves when they started talking about it after the Scotland game. They needed a way to kind of get through these next four games. So um, th- they've won their quarter final wales and it kind of almost is as we spoke about scotland putting the, the wins together and um, you know whoever wins their next games goes into the final games with the, the championship up like there's still three teams to go um, but yeah like I, i'd say maybe like um you might know even yourself mike haven't been, been around the lads as well they'll be trained to say they're not thinking about england but it'll be in the back of their
0: mind yeah, like it will be, it will be in the back of their mind. There's no doubt about it. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll be having images in their head of, you know, the final day, St Patrick's Day at home at the Aviva. I'm sure. But um, I can honestly say, from from being in camp, you know, Joe doesn't set long term goals. It is, it, it honestly is one game at a time, mm-hmm. and that's that's the way uh, Joe works in terms of setting goals. So. They'll, they'll know how tough a game will be in Wales um, f- for the things we've alluded to. So um, they'll they won't be thinking past the Wales game. Yeah, I, I think we see the
3: danger of not even looking past a half because we were we were all watching the England Italy game together, and it got very very interesting.
5: Yeah, it did, didn't it? Uh, we th- we were t- speaking how uh, England were, you know, not playing as well, and they're on a bit of a lull, and there's been a bit of a dip, dip in, their, in their form and yeah it looked like it was and then they kind of opened up in the second half and then we kind of said oh maybe not but yeah they're certainly not the side they are like it were a couple of months ago you know
1: we saw them like even last year last November against Argentina they were put you know brought close and so far every game even against an italy side that have been getting shredded by everybody they kind of they were up against them they were down at half time and 17-15 for a long time in that game so um it's a funny thing to say like the, the george best thing where did it all go wrong for england how come they've dropped off a little bit
0: i, th- I think today that england just probably underestimated italy they yeah. um they obviously were an- analysing the game Ireland playing Italy a mm. few weeks ago, where they absolutely hammered them, and you know Engl- England won number of games on the trot, whatever it is, and. England playing at home um i th- I just think they underestimated Italy and mm. you know Italy can be frustrating to play against um they you know they're, they're big and physical um and maybe you know they just took took their foot off the pedal in terms of their preparation um and I'm sure it'll give them give them a bit of a fright and Eddie Jones will get into them and um yeah, so they'll have a t- they'll have a tough week uh, analyzing that one. I'd say it's funny
1: for someone like Dylan Hartley, isn't it? Who a lot of people thought might have been rested for this game, uh, Jamie George might have been given a chance, but he was probably put back out there to prove prove himself again. And, and he again didn't have a great game. And George came on, set up a, set up one try and made a couple of good carries again. So he the pressure is still on him, I suppose, going into the next game.
5: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and sometimes of how, how he's been playing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right that he's not putting the performance you'd expect of him yeah. to. Obviously, start for England. Never mind, kind of lead the team. And uh, look, I suppose when it's easy, when there's no, there's no one chasing your tail, and there's not many opposition. But when there's someone on your back, you mm-hmm. know, things change. You know, mentally, you, you're maybe a small bit too, bit, bit, bit frail. And he seems to be at the moment. He's, he's not put it a convincing game together just as of yet.
3: Yeah. We move on to my favourite section of the show Pat's <laughs> Pro 12 and we have someone in this room who played this weekend um, Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Sugar is still in the um How did that go or are you just thinking back to uh, Rossi's unbelievable run? Yeah that's that sticks out i just gone off and uh, was sitting on the bench and I couldn't quite believe my eyes but I saw Rossi Going off on a forty-meter break, so no, that was that was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, no, like Lenstra, we're missing. I think it's twenty players away on international duty, which is great for the club. And uh, the young fellas this season have been been unbelievable. Um, I mean, I could name so many names, but it would take take a while. But uh, they've they've really stood up this season, and we saw that starting last season when we were we were kind of out of the Champions Cup, and we played Bath at home at the at the RDS, and. Uh, the team was really mixed up with the, with the younger guys started the, started and um, we beat a pretty strong Bath team and the young guys that, that was kind of the start of their progression and they really have progressed and taken their opportunities and uh, we lost to Dragons away the last two seasons and um, the, the, yeah, as I said the young lads, uh, tough place to play uh, small crowds not very nice pitch, wasn't on TV and yeah the young lads were fantastic and uh, it, was a good, it was a good win for us yeah the pitch was sandy i believe yeah there wasn't much uh there was no grass on it so uh, the weather actually wasn't bad uh, but yeah the, the is was, was a sand a sand castle sand sand <laughs> a beach kind of like a beach yeah beach that's yeah. the word it's a big sand- sandy place yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it
1: was um we, we kind of spoke about maybe about lads who kind of they're doing all they can. Even someone like O'Halloran is doing all he can in this kind of window um, that he's off as well. Jack Conan's another guy, he's, he's done great. And I kind of think if he had had another couple of games at the start of the year, he probably would have maybe been in the mix to be in that Ireland uh, match day 23, like, and played a couple of good Champions uh, Cup games there. And, and he, he did well again at the weekend. And um, and then another lad who actually we spoke about Marmion again and kind of maybe not having that attacking kind of push, but uh, Luke McGrath, like, he, he had a good game again there and he, he's doing well, had a good partnership, but Rossburn on the night and uh, Conan and, and and Luke McGrath you know they'll come into Ireland training camp again and um, yeah like I, I suppose it depends on how fr- fresh the bodies are but they're doing well but they, they still might not get there but uh, the big thing about it um, Leinster they're just putting in some big big performances and getting some racking up a lot of points and uh, once you're kind of slipping up then as well um, they're all of a sudden top of the, top of the group and uh, top of the table and Everybody's talking about Munster and rightly so because they're having a great resurgence. But they're Leinster quietly often and climbed to the top again and
0: just put the results together. So that's that's happened again for them. But uh I, was, I was I was a bit disappointed. I didn't get a try because I don't think I've scored in my four seasons in <laughs> Leinster. So I've <laughs> been scoring a lot in training, and you know the lads have been raving about some of my tries in training. I've heard but, that, uh, I heard talking a great point. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, I haven't been get, getting any in the matches. But
3: yeah, they're not on video those training tries either, are they?
0: well yeah actual, visualizing I can, well, a lot I can see them, them myself but yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> the, yeah Munster did have an extraordinary turnaround in that game
1: yeah yeah um, w- we, have, we have Sean McMahon here working with us at, at Sports Show and um, I was only k- kind of catching up on, on some of his tweets the next day and um, it was such a sad story it was all going so well for me he was so happy on the night 21-6 up and then just the, the wheels came off of him. They, they can see the three tries in the in the second half and all the guys who were playing so well in the first half they kind of seemed to drop off there was handling errors, Blayendahl still had a great game now, he's having a great season and, and lads like Oliver and, and Dan Goggin had a good game as well but to, con, to concede those three and all of a sudden they, they went 30-21 behind they had a chance to get back through with Sa'ili, had a good chance, to, the try line was there for him but he tried to break through two guys and, and spilt the ball there so once that went you could kind of see the kind of it sapped from them a little bit and all of a sudden it was a bit like the Munster of last season. Like the the Munster of old came back, and the belief wasn't there as well. So it's a sh- shame for them, but uh, they'll yeah they'll they'll need to put that right because they just can't kind of lose any of that momentum again because everything was going so well for them and and uh, they just really threw it away and they'll know they threw it away. It'll, it's like one of those things where you probably just want to get back out on the pitch and play again as soon I, as I possible. Think,
5: I think they've been really good this year, you know, and the way Erasmus has come in and the way they spoke about when they've had had losses, you know, like you know the expectation in rugby is that you know you will lose the game and yeah. things will go wrong and you know if you logically think about it, don't get too emotional about it. I think they were too tied emotionally to the past before how good of a team they were when in reality they were going through a transition and it was going to take a turn at some stage you know and obviously this year they've taken a turn you know and things are going very very well for them and they're playing a lot better but it's uh, it's, it's not a big thing it's just a kind of blip within the season and, and it happens and I'm
3: sure they'll rectify and get back on the horse So Connacht will have a transition to go through of their own Patlam out and now we do have an appointment in Kieran Keane yeah, I think it's
5: like when you look at his kind of background and his kind of bio, and uh, just listening to, to speak, and just like searching out, searching him out through kind of YouTube and some of his kind of team talks. You know, just yeah. the way, just the way he kind of speaks and stuff like that. About like you know, he, he says like he he loves he loves his players. He wants his players to have good behaviors. He wants good men within his team and stuff like that. And also just just their style of plays, obviously with the Chiefs at the, at the moment who turned over the Hurricanes in the Super Super uh, 15 this weekend and uh, that's what Connacht wants, we've kind of found our own philosophy before where myself and Mike there, probably we didn't really know what we wanted, You know, we kind of wanted to emulate this and that and eventually I think in fairness to Pat Lamb, they nailed the head to the mask and went with it and allowed the team to make, uh, as a club we allowed Pat to fail almost because when he first came in there we came 10th that year then we dropped off we came 7th and then they won the league but it takes a lot of guts to do that as a coach to stick with that kind of process because we were playing some horrendous stuff and eventually it came true and uh, I thought like you know that Keen coming in just keeps that fit and keeps that momentum
3: going as well. And would Con- would the Connacht fans tolerate dropping to tenth though with the new? I mean, there's a new standard set. For oh Connacht. yeah, no, the, the new norm. normal. No, there's a new norm. No, the, no, they
5: wouldn't. Like, obviously, they're disappointed with the start of the season and stuff like that. And uh, I, I I I know from speaking to some of the guys that like they've lined up this uh, Six Nations period like it's five games they want to win and they have like a minimum of twenty points they want to get in that now. So they picked, I think they picked up a bonus point win this weekend, so they're they're kind of getting where they want to be and chase back up the. T- at least put themselves in a playoff position or in the top six but uh, looks unfortunate what happened at the start the, the start of the season and they picked up like normally your ratio of injuries is 25% they were at 50% at one stage you know for a squad which is just pretty much unheard of and uh, it's a bit of bad luck but to answer your question the long and the short of it no, they won't accept it <laughs>
3: <laughs> They, uh, but yeah they did pick up the good win um, and I suppose it's a good win for all the Irish provinces this weekend anyone who wasn't playing in Thomond Park anyway Pat where does that leave us with the table
1: yeah you have Leinster, Leinster top now and, and then Munster by, by their defeat there they've dropped to third now because Osprey's, um, Osprey's had a win as well so Munster down to third uh, Ulster um, did, a, did a number I think it was um, on Zebra and Jared Payne saying coming back was a big thing and Stocktail got another try for them who looks like a real prospect and uh, so they're up to I think they're fifth they're well clear of um, of Glasgow there down in sixth and then Connacht are eighth now but they're only seven points back and then they've got that game to make up against Zebra away, and they're a, they're a completely different team that played Zebra away at the start of the season when they were losing at half-time and yeah. they were lucky to get that game called off oh, as the well. Thunderstorm so came in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's um, they'll they'll go back, and you could you could see them just they'll get the five points from there I'd say, because
3: Zebra are absolutely atrocious. So um, they're they're all of a sudden in a sniff at the top six again, which is great. Right, good times all around. Good times. Um, we will be back with Haley O'Connor from Ladbrokes.
0: The Hard Yards on Sports Joe, backed by Ladbrooks.
3: And we're back and joining us on the line is Helio O'Connor from Ladbrooks. Hello.
2: Hi, how's it going?
3: Very well here. Um so after this weekend's games, where does the odds stand for the championship for the Six Nations?
2: Yeah, it's actually been a super weekend um, for the bookmakers, but um at, at Stance uh, England are four to nine favourites and Ireland are just behind them at five to two and Scotland to pull off the unthinkable is sort of around the nine to one mark.
3: Yeah, the Scotland thing has got really interesting now. After that, uh, that result against Wales. Yeah, people are starting to believe, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, that that is that is good. So, uh, looking forward, then Ireland against Wales. What odds are you? What line have you got now? Two weeks away for that.
2: Well, this is a weird, one, right? Because Ireland are uh, narrow favourites. They're going to be uh, sort of four to five Wales, eleven to ten around that, or around six to five, but um, and just a point in the in the handicap. But I was talking to our odds compilers about the last match, um, of the Six Nations and they said well, it would be the exact same odds. So, uh, you know, Ireland are gonna be slight favourites and um, probably around the same price at the moment, around four to five, uh, to beat England. But um I asked them then, you know, if he fancied Ireland to to beat Wales by five points, he could get around thirteen to eight. But um, it's been it's just been such an interesting day really and weekend and like today kind of couldn't uh, have worked out better because as we said um last week that you know we were going to try and uh, duck England so um obviously we were um inundated with so much uh, money about them it was very hard to dodge them in the market but actually in running um in play Italy would actually have been a really terrible result for us so when the score went seventeen fifteen and um, we were looking at a 200 grand liability if Italy had won, so we actually ended up cheering on uh, the favourites, England, and of course they didn't meet meet their handicap, and um, which was uh, minus 43 points, so th- that worked out um, really well for us, but uh, it's looking good for Ireland, and of course the chat kind of now goes to, uh, you know, the players uh, who are performing really well for Ireland, and who are going to go on to, to start uh, in the Lions.
3: Yeah, what odds have you got for that?
2: Well, um the, our head of trading uh, for rugby has a bit of a—I think he's got a man crush on, on Conor Murray at the moment. But he's one to two to, to start um, the first test, and he just—he thinks he's the best scrum half in the Northern Hemisphere. Like. But the others to look at, you know, Tig Furlong, he's one to five uh, to play in this first test. Jack McGrath, um he and Keane Healy, they're they're one to ten to, to get selected and Keane Healy one to three to, to be selected for, for the tour, and then the likes of Sean O'Brien, he's five to six to start the first test, unbackable at one to eight to get selected. I mean it's kind of like a foregone conclusion that him and the likes of Sexton at one to twelve to go and Sexton now ten to eleven to, to line up after, you know, really hitting the ground running um yesterday and proving that like he's he's as strong as uh, ever
3: like an all-Irish team there. I'd like to, I'd like to send it out, Lions yeah. team. Yeah, time to wrap it up on that right. sweet note. Um, Mike McCarthy, thank you very much. Thank you, Johnny O'Connor. Thank you, Doneco Callahan. Thank you, Pat McCary. And Cheers. thanks, Haley O'Connor from Brooks Joe Harrington is our producer and Shane Dempsey is on sound. Get in touch by tweeting any of us or at sportsshow.ie and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud or through your favourite podcast app. While you're at it, subscribe to Sports Show's GAA podcast, the Jar with Colin Parkinson. This has been The Hard Yards I am Andy McGeady thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week
5: The Hard Yards brought to you by Ladbrokes passionate about sport